The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. Welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone is enjoying their Saturday morning. You get to spend 30 minutes with the custody queens, and we have marriage, family, and child therapist Scott Peebles joining us today and we're going to talk a lot about kids the past few years of covid uh, how do teens how are they adapting with the life as we know it and everything in between but you know we want to warm up scott you know we kind of want to make him feel super (laughs) comfortable before we get into the good stuff so i think sam i'm gonna let you start with the book of cq so the book of cq is a book of a million questions and we pick them randomly and scott you are so lucky to get to answer a probably very awkward question right now. So stand by. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna go so easy on you, Scott. What is your favorite dessert? Oh, that's so easy. German (laughs) chocolate cake. Oh, that's a really oh, hard know. one to beat. Oh, you know, no. That's my dad's favorite favorite dessert, too. That's funny. That's a good one. My grandma used to make it all the time. What's yours, Kristen? Cheesecake all day. Cheesecake? I don't know what mine is. Actually, I really, really, really enjoy a boxed made Funfetti cake. Oh, yeah, like the $1.49 box? Yeah. Oh, me too, with cream cheese frosting. Yeah, you can't have enough of that. Except the no-bake cookie dough that I've talked about previously. That's amazing, too. All right, Kristen, your turn. Okay, all right, I'm gonna ask Sam one. You know, just keep the flow going here because we know you guys love us getting personal. Where'd you get the book? I don't know. It just showed up one day. <laughs> All right, Sam. What TV show really annoys you? Annoys me? I don't know that I get annoyed by TV. Um, actually, Jeopardy. I know that's really, that's not going to go over well with the listeners, but the reason why is because there's no way for you to guess and pretend you know. If you don't know, like, you're out. Whereas, like, if you watch The Chase or, like, millionaire is what is it called millionaire where you can guess a multiple choice you could at least like pretend that you know yeah you get one of three right right so i would say that how about you Kristen? do you remember that show roseanne that's a great show i hated that show oh i just hated that's it. a great show it was just the yelling the voices i don't know i just it like kind of gave me chills all right, Scott, you, Scott, what about you? <laughs> you know, I'm going to switch around here a little bit. How about the TV shows that we like, that we actually enjoy okay. a little bit? So All, right. Be fun. All right, what do you like? Uh, I'm going to go back a few years. I like Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's you know? Island. That's a great show. you got to love it. You know, they're stuck on that island show. and they're having a good time. And yeah, the theme all. song on that, so, I really enjoyed. That's enjoy the best. You know, we could all sing it together if we wanted that to. Is, you know? That's a great <laughs> show. You know? All right, folks, Scott, take the lead. Oh, I'm not the big singer you are. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. Must be this yeah, one. But our producers can... Henri's going to throw yeah, something I'm in sure. for us. I was just going to say, our producers can definitely... Henri, uh, our sound engineer, he can make me sound like Alicia Keys. There you go. This is good. <laughs> He's got a lot of work cut out for him. <laughs> All right, uh, Sam, what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show, if I'm going... I'm going to have to go with Bewitched if I'm. we're going back, and that's because I'm named after the Samantha in Bewitched. 
It's All right, if, if we're going back, Full House, TGIF. Boy Meets World. Loved Boy Meets Wonder World. Wonder Years. You know that Topanga from Boy Meets World, she lived like around the corner from me growing up. So. Wow. All right, good stuff. It kind of ages us all. (laughs) But have either of you watched that new show on Netflix, uh, Inventing Anna? Yes. It's a great binger if you need like a day to Netflix and chill. It is really crazy uh, that this woman was basically able to create this very extravagant lifestyle living like the rich and famous without having really a dollar to her name. And, you know, I think she actually got sentenced to some uh, prison time for wire fraud. And I think it was a like, little casual fraud. wire fraud. But <laughs> the interesting thing about it is that there were so many very high powerful people in New York that had given her money or had, you know, funded some sort of business. So they really didn't want the story to come out because they were part of it. And I mean, millions of dollars. So uh, that and uh, what is it? Tin- Tinder Swindler? Tinder Swindler. Another Swindler. So those are great tips on uh, some Netflix and chill. But let's get into it with you, Scott. I am really excited to have Scott on today because we've had a few therapists that talk about what we as adults go through and how to help our clients that are adults. But I really want to focus on the children because it's really an issue that is arising in so many of our cases between COVID, um, you know, between bullying and I, I I'm not a big fan of that word, but I've seen it in so many of my cases and the toll that social media takes on teenagers and adolescents. It, I, I'm really happy to have you here, Scott. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself other than the fact that you are a renowned child and teen counselor? Renowned is a big word on that. I, I, you know, so, I think it fits. Okay, well, I appreciate that. It's, it's kind of interesting. I was thinking about coming today and my career started on a pretty rough road, actually. Um, when I was back in grad school and you're learning and you're an intern and all that kind of stuff, um, you've got to get an internship at an agency that, that you know, does counseling and they, they do training and stuff with you. And so I went to about five, six different agencies to get my internship and they all turned me down. They said, you know, Scott, we do real therapy here, whatever that is. So, um, and back then when I was 22, 23, I looked pretty young and they said, you know, you just, you just, you just, you just don't fit. And so, <laughs> I so can relate. at some point I went back to my professor and goes, look, I've got to get this class done. I need some help. And he kind of laughed and told him what the problem was. And he wrote down a name and a phone number and said, here, call, call this woman. And I did. And I went in and it was an agency that worked with teenagers, actually. And she said to me, no, Scott, we can't get anyone to work here. No one wants to be an intern working with teens. And I said, that's great because no one wants to work with me either. either we're a perfect match. <laughs> so we laughed and I signed up and she was happy to have me. And it was a good fit. And so that kind of started it all because I, I failed. I didn't, I couldn't get a place. And working with kids and teens is a part of counseling that not a lot of folks want to do. A lot of folks go back to school and they're older. Uh, most of the folks in my program in um, grad school were late 30s to early 50s. Um, here I was just out of college and so it's it's an, it's an area that I tell people all the time, if you really want to make a difference, start working with kids. But a lot of folks don't because they have their own kids and they're kind of done with it, <laughs> so, which is sad. Yeah, and so. the teenage age is such an impressionable age. and. I think what our kids are exposed to today, it you know, the, even the last two years, I think there's just been a lot of trauma and challenges. And if teenagers don't have an outlet to talk to with anyone, it's only going to make it worse. I mean, I 
I think I can speak for Sam and myself. We both had, you know, very healthy upbringings. And even for me, the teenage years were could be rough at times. And I had a full support system. Yeah, and you want to be able to process things. And I just think that kind of like what Kristen was saying, far too often we talk about, you know, adults, they're going through hard things in life. They need a counselor, get into therapy, get a counselor. But, you know, what about the children? So would you recommend that, you know, most children go to therapy or would you recommend that if something happens, they go I to think therapy? I the parents need to go to therapy. First. <laughs> and, and, we are, and just so. so you know, Scott, we are huge advocates of therapy for not only our clients, for the children. Everyone, yeah. What parents need is any tools and skills and what to do with their kids when they're having trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times they something happens and they don't know what to do and they, oh, it's a phase, they'll be, they'll be fine. I can't tell you how many folks I've seen in my office that are coming in and I say, so how long has this been going on? Well, uh, four, five, six years. And so they wait and they think it's going to get better and it doesn't. Right. So getting in there pretty quickly is a much better way to do that. And they need some skills too. Um, I work a little differently than most counselors do, I think, with kids. Um, most counselors will have the kid come in, they'll work with them individually, um, and then see the parents briefly and they send them off. And the kids like it because there's someone that listens to them and understands, and that's a nice thing, but they're not teaching them skills and tools on how to get better for the parents as well with this. So, um, so the, the kids need some help to get better, but the parents need some tools as well, and that's something that's missing a lot. In so do you bring the parents into some of your sessions or most of your sessions? I do. Um, in fact, pretty much all of them. It's really rare that I actually see a kid individually now. Um, so it's mom, dad, the child, um, they all come in. So. And that's interesting. It seems so beneficial because if you just, you know, an, an individual therapy is great, but if you're just talking to one person and no one else is getting the therapy that they need, it seems like it would be harder to change a situation. It is. Um, and you've got a couple things that bring parents in with their kids. Sometimes there's behavioral problems that the kids are having and they're struggling. And then there's those emotional parts, which they'll probably go through if they're going through a divorce or mom and dad aren't getting along very well. I'm sure you guys see that um, every day. So, every day, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> so, um, which kind of brings us to, you know, how do you make sure that your child's going to be okay through the divorce process? And there's some interesting research that was done probably, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago. It's been a little while now, but it still applies today, is that the one characteristic that makes a difference whether the child's going to be emotionally healthy when they get through this is whether or not mom and dad can be cordial to one another if they get along. Um, if you got a kid that sees mom and dad fight all the time, it doesn't go well. And I'm sure you guys see that too. Way too much. So, Way too much. So it's helping them, and it's and it's hard for parents. They kind of know it, but they can't seem to quite put that into practice on a daily basis, and they need some help with that. So if they're in a therapy session with you, would you kind of go through some hypotheticals with them, walk through things? Like, can you give me an example of what it would be like to be in a therapy session? That's a big question. <laughs> I'm expecting yeah. a big answer. I bet you are on that <laughs> stuff. Well, the big thing with especially divorced parents is sometimes they can't even come in together. Right. Um, they won't even be seen in the same room, so it makes it tough. They kind of believe that if, if my spouse was a bad partner in marriage, that they're going to be a bad parent. And so then the kids become a tool that they use to fight with, and that's not a good Which thing. Which is really unfortunate. And Kristen and I do a lot of work with court orders trying to mitigate that. You can't obviously stop it, but sure. um, one of the biggest things that Kristen and I always talk about is it's really important for people to co-parent and to be on the same page, even if they dislike each other. And that's a huge thing. One of the first things that I do kind of bring 
bring you into the sort of the therapy sessions. I give homework, by the way. I give lots of homework. I tell my parents I've been going to Homework Givers Anonymous has not helped much. <laughs> so, so they have a whole pad of paper there writing all kinds of things down that they've got to do before they come back in. But one of them is really simple. I have both parents with the kids at their at their home because typically if they're a divorced family or they're divorcing, the kids are going to spend time with mom and spend time with dad. Mm-hmm. But I have them write down what they think the rules are in the family. Um, and then we take a look at that, and I want to make those the same in both houses. So important. So, um, and we hone it down to about five or six rules and keep it really simple. So it's easy for everybody to do that. And that brings some stability to the family, too, because they know what they're working on. Because these kids not just have any emotional issues, they're also going to have behavioral stuff, too. Um, and behavioral stuff, things at school, can be all kinds of issues that come out when, when they're going through those difficulties. It's a lot so. of pressure. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at one 800 41 That's 1-800-419-7772. I think one of the things that we see is that one parent is always trying to one-up, you know, the other parent or blame that parent. I have been involved with, you know, parties or clients where one parent has gone so far as to say, you gave our child bronchitis and you're a horrible parent, you know, and a rational person knows that that is not the case, but everything is accusatory and everything is a blame game. And so what Sam and I really have made our mission to do is to really teach parents how to communicate better. You know, you have to love your children more than you hate your, your ex. And such a simple statement, right? But generally it takes months for a person to get to a place with their emotions subsiding to, to be able to comprehend that statement. <laughs> so aside from you know divorce and separation, what are other problems that you see that kids are dealing with today? There's a lot. Um, are we talking about little kids or big kids? Or a little both? A little both. Sure. I think with the little kids, I see a lot of tantrums. You know, um, they come in and the poor little guy or girl is just losing their mind. I- I'm experiencing so, that right so, now with my four-year-old. Oh, God. It's my favorite thing to treat. Love tantrums. So, because um, there's so many things that you can do to get it better, actually. Yeah. And most moms and, and dads, too, they hate it when their kid loses it, especially in the checkout line at Target. <laughs> just imagine right, are you watching you me? <laughs> Mine is usually in public places too. It's, it's the worst for moms because everyone's looking at you and you feel embarrassed at this point. Yeah, I'm less concerned about the tantrum than all of the eyes and you know on you. And but the little the little girl or boy, whatever you got, boy. you know, is just watching you and trying to find out what are you gonna do. So at some point the moms just want the kid to what? They want them to Stop. Yeah, stop. (laughs) Stop. There's some other words that parents would probably use (laughs) at that point in time. Um, And so they they just want to give them the candy bar or the toy just to get them to be quiet at that point. And I am guilty of that. And then the little little guy thinks, oh my gosh, that works. That's so good. I'm going to do it again next time. (laughs) So they're they're primed and ready to go. And before you know it, every time you get a target, there it comes. So, um, but the little guys, you know, they need to learn something. Guess what they need to learn? that they can cry and scream as much as they want, but they're never, ever, like, 
ever getting that candy bar. Well, I'm at that point so. right now. It did take me several months mm -hmm. to get there. And my, and my husband and I have been doing a lot of research on just, because I know it's a phase and it did come out of nowhere, nowhere. Um, but I was guilty of saying yes, just to, to move on. And now that we're saying no, or, you know, trying to exercise appropriate timeout or something like that. But it, it has been challenging. It's very challenging um, because it's kind of like going to Vegas. I'm sure you've been to Vegas yes, at some point. Yes. You put your cord in that slot machine, and what do you get the first time you pull the handle? Nothing. But if you keep putting enough quarters in, at some point you're going to get paid off. And so with the kids too, they realize that, you know, I don't get it every time, but it's worth the gamble. <laughs> <laughs> so what you do, you know, is basically you have to ignore it is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. But the question is, how do you ignore it when you're at the middle of Target and everyone's looking at you and everyone's right. having a hard time? It's very simple, actually. All you got to do is look at them and go, I'm going to time you. Let's see how long you can go, buddy. Oh, that is good. I'm going to do and that. You, oh, just no. start, you just start timing them. And then the second thing you do is you root them on. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, so good. You keep going, buddy. I'm going to time you. You go as long as you can. Oh, my gosh. I, Scott, I am so going to use Chris this. Chris is going straight to Target. Yeah, I, she is. You know, so. I, I am. And, you know, because my method, I'm the first one to say whatever I've been doing hasn't been working. And because it came out of nowhere, but it does, it creates conflict between my husband and I because it's almost always at bedtime. And I I didn't know what to do. And so I, I'm actually going to really use that. But that's great. What I have been saying is we need to use our words. You know, let's let's use our words. And what's that called? That's called what most parents do. And most parents have trouble in Target at the checkout line. It's not going to work so well for you, actually. This is much better because your child has something. And the reason why they're having trouble with this is they have hope. They have hope. They believe. Do you believe, girl? They believe. <laughs> oh my gosh! I get it. So we have to take all of their hope away. You are illustrating and highlighting my enabling. <laughs> See, this is a therapy session right no, here. I, I actually was going to try to sneak myself in for a therapy so, session. You know. So I know as soon really as you take great. their hope away, it gets better. You are 100 percent So what you do on. is you got to put that knife in and turn it. <laughs> and so before you walk in the target, you go. Do you think it's going to? You're going to get it today? You're going to get that candy bar? We're going to find out. <laughs> All right, well, Scott, I'm going to let you take them. <laughs> <laughs> then when you get home, you tell your husband, oh, honey, he was the best today. He went for 67 minutes and 13 <laughs> seconds. I don't it know if <laughs> <laughs> Your husband will look at him and go, oh, next time I go, I want 75 minutes there, buddy. No, I, so. I think that actually is genius because now that I'm as I'm sitting here, I'm having flashbacks and it is about hope. And it's because he wants, you know, for instance, I told him he couldn't take a bath in, in my room the other night because it was really late and I wanted to go to bed and ensued, you know, a 25 minute screen, but I didn't give in. And that's probably one of the first times I haven't given in. And so he, so he still has hope. <laughs> He's he got hope. So you have to ask him, the next time you want to go take a bath in my, you know, when it's by bedtime, do you think I'm going to let you do it? You're going to be surprised. And I go, yeah. <laughs> oh, he will. Yeah. And you'll know at that point, he still has hope. He does have hope. So. I, I, I need to minimize the hope. Uh, no, no, no. Not minimize. Take it all. Destroy the hope. Wow. Hope Powerful. I love yeah. it. Hope I love it. Yeah. My husband could so. just do that, like flipping a switch. Sure. Me, I'm, you know, you give me a big kiss and tell mom how much you love her. And the mom guilt kicks in of me working too much. And, you know, we're going to Target. Mom guilt. There you go. It's all about the guilt. <laughs> all right. So, so what is something that you think our teenagers, or I, I guess a little bit, you know, our, our twelve and up 
adolescents are dealing with. Sure. Um, with the divorce part or just kind of in general? Just in today? general. You know, it's been tough the last couple of years. I don't think we need to get into all that today because everyone's had enough of that, I think. Mm -hmm. But the teens struggle with a lot of things, um, especially when they're in a divorce home. Um, they don't like the back and forth part. Right. They hate it. Um, Almost every kid I've ever worked with is going through a divorce with their family. They go, God, I just, I just don't want to do it. And so they'll dig their heels in and not want to do that sometimes too. And so I know as with you guys working with families, kind of my thing that I tell a lot of parents is the less transitions the child has, the better. So, yeah. but then the moms are going to say, oh, I just can't, I can't, I can't not see my kid for two days. And so it's more about what they need or what they want rather than what the child needs. You nailed got it. To, they've got to pick up all their stuff and they got to go to another house. And if you're doing that two, three, four times a week, the poor kid's miserable. I, I agree with you 100%, especially when you get, you know, a little bit older kids, junior high. They, it, the transition is really hard. And so Sam and I really tried to create custody and visitation orders that are child-centered and that incorporate, like if, if I have a client that has kids that are older, what, what does your kid what would what would your son like to see happen? Do you you know week on week off? And you know of course a lot of parents come back. Well, I can't go a week. But now with FaceTime and all of our technology, it is doable. Yeah, and I mean it just kind of the child-centered approach. If you really think about it, as a parent, you you wouldn't want to spend the night at two different places every other night. Heck you would no. panic. There's and so we happily get to sit in our house and tell a child to go back and forth but if you actually walk through yourself going back and forth every single day you would be exhausted too i'm exhausted thinking about it and the transferring from house to house it creates so much room for conflict the ipad was left there the the soccer bag was left there homework was left there oh my playstation's at mom's house oh it just creates so much room. And then also the constant exchanging, it creates unnecessary communication and personal interaction that just doesn't need to happen every other day. Yes, so, <laughs> absolutely. And so part of them doing better is having consistency too, so that they know what the schedule is with um, their mom and their dad. But the longer that you can go, you mentioned kind of one week on, one week off. I, I, when I see parents that do that, they have better relationships with their kids and the kids do better. So, um, and I just, I see that. So. And I, it's funny, I had a judge that said that on the record recently that he had done quite a bit of research on visitation and he had said that that was his preferred, you know, visitation with older, with older kids. Um, but obviously there's a lot of research out there for, for, you know, every two days and week on week off. But I really try to get into what would be best for the kids and a lot of parents, they need a therapist, like you said, to have the tools, have the skills, and be able to be in a mindset to put the kids first. And to figure that part out too, because every family is different. You can't put the same, mm -hmm. um, you know, limitations on every family, but um, but to work with the family to figure out a way to, to not have so many transitions. And that works well for kids, so. I like it, I like yeah. it. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. What do you do if you have a child that is refusing to go to school? 
Oh, How that's, do you my, handle that's that? my second most favorite thing to treat, actually. Oh, great. So, <laughs> um, and typically, you see that with younger kids. You've got little kindergartners, sometimes preschoolers, first, second graders. Um, occasionally, you get a middle schooler or a high school that kind of goes in that realm. But typically, it's more the younger children on that part, too. Um, remember, we talked about with the, um, the tantrum, you want to take the hope away. So, with, with kids that don't want to go to school, you have to make it a problem for them. Because what they're doing is they're making a problem for mom and dad. Um, sometimes, when you take them, to school, they're crying and screaming and having this huge fit. And of course, moms are like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And that doesn't really work with that right. part too. So, but you got to think, what does the child need to learn? What do they got to learn to be able to go to school? Because there's typically some reason why they're having trouble with that. Mm -hmm. So um, part of getting them there is what I call practicing, actually. It's very simple. Um, you get mom and dad, and one tends to be the teacher, one's the, the parent, and you drive them to school, and they get out, and they walk to the classroom, and they kind of say hello to the teacher, because it's usually after school that we do this, and they walk back to the car, and they get back in, they drive around the neighborhood, and they come back, and they do it again, and we do it 10 times. So what the kid learns is that, oh, I guess I can do this now, I have the skills. That's when they're little kids mm -hmm. like that, too. Um, and every day that they don't go to school, we have to practice. We could have been out playing at the park, but now we're going to practice. And so it's, they go, wait, if I go to school, I get to go play. If I don't go to school, then I've got to practice. And it's pretty fun for them the first three or four times that they do it. And then it's not so much fun And it's fun not anymore. very fun. It's yeah. not. So, so I take a very very behavioral approach to how to treat kids I with like that. I, I do like that. And, and I'm lucky that my kids would go to school seven days a week if I let them. <laughs> I, I think they think it's far more fun than being home where mom's, you know, creating chore lists and stuff. It is. And but, it's, it's important, too, with, with kids when they do go to reward them as well and to my proud you are that they went today. Um, get to meet their friends at school and the right. other parents and the teacher. And so there's that the relationship that you've got with all these folks that are involved in your kid's life when they're at school. So you make it a fun experience, too. Some kids have learning disabilities. They, they're struggling with the academic part. Um, and so it's important to work with the school or the um, if there's a tutor involved to help them with those parts, too, because there could be again, another underlying reason that they're struggling right. with, with the school part. So um, there's all kinds of learning disabilities that kids struggle with. So I'm sure you guys see that too in your practice. We do. So, yeah. um, so we've got to figure that part out too. So what would you or what is your approach? Um, bullying is something that I believe has been on a rise uh, recently. I mean, it's always been around, but with social media and kids having phones and even at the younger ages, you know, I, I haven't personally experienced this, but, you know, I know that your first instinct as a parent is mama bear is going to come out. And obviously that is not the right approach. And rational Kristen knows that. Uh, but irrational Kristen doesn't know that. So what advice would you give our parents and our listeners that if they have a child that feels like they're being bullied or uncomfortable or, you know, treated inappropriately, what 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 would be the process that you would start with and sure. recommend? The, the very first thing I would say to the parent is when the kid comes to them, if they do and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm being bullied or I don't like what's happening at school, the first thing that mom and dad need to say to the child is, thank you for telling us. Now, thank you for coming and letting us know that, that this is going on for you. Because one of the big things with parents is you want your child to come to you with any question they've got. And the first person they should come see is mom and dad, mm -hmm. um, with whatever their concern is. So um, the first step is just gathering some information. And typically the bullying stuff could happen 
happen at school because that's where the other kids are too. Right. Um, to get more information, as I always tell parents, let's get some information, let's talk to the teacher, um, talk to the person that is, is um, watching the kids at lunchtime and see what they're noticing too. Because sometimes with kids, their idea of bullying and what's really happening can be two different mm -hmm. things with that part too. Very true. So we've got to figure that out. Because like you said, Mama Bear comes out and you know, what, you th you, what you're thinking is happening and what's really happening could be two different things. Very true. Very so we've got to be careful with that part too. Um, but getting more information and then working with the teacher and the principal at the school to help if it's a school issue with that. So um, I'd start with that. But the first most important thing is thank you for telling me. So. And I love that. It's such a simple piece of advice, but it's so important. And that is my hope as a parent that I teach my kids that they can come to me with anything good, bad, ugly. You know, uh, we, we can get through it together. And Scott, I can't believe our time is almost up. I could have had another, you know, hour therapy session with you. <laughs> I, I will definitely, Sam and I would love to have you back uh, again because I don't even feel like we put a dent into what our kids need from us as parents, as teachers, as therapists, as coaches, as mentors. And I always say these children are our future and we need to all come together better as a community to make these children feel safe and protected and to give the parents the tools. I need more tools just sitting here listening to Scott. Well, and when Scott comes back, we're going to check in on your hope. That's right. <laughs> I am hoping to eliminate all hope. <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to hope and pray the good Lord that your child gives you more tantrums than they've ever given in their lifetime. Oh, <laughs> so when you walk in, you're ready for it. So. It's always at the most opportune tides, like when I am just, you know, coming out of a 10-hour work day or trial or something, and I'm like, but I have gotten better where I'm like, okay, use your words, and when you're ready, come find mom. Sure. But I really appreciate the advice. I think you've helped so many people in this short half hour, and I hope we really do have part two, three, four, and five. It was an absolute pleasure, Scott, having you. How do, well, thank you. How do our you. listeners get a hold of you, Scott? They can um, find some information about me in two ways. One is to give me a call. Uh, my office number is area code 949-833-1599. Or they can go to my website, which is just www.scottpeebles.com. There's information there for them, too. So. Perfect. And if you are watching, all of that information is on our show. And you can go to Custody Queens on Air for this show and all other shows. Thank you all for joining us today and every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. And remember, let love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us with the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.